This podcast is brought to you by Zotes Sunflower Seeds, the number one flavored sunflower seeds on the planet. Visit Zotes.com. Now, welcome to the Accidental Experience with Mark Comer. Hey, it is Mark Comer. Uh, up for our next podcast. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Had a lot of fun. Um, I've gotten actually a lot of feedback, and uh, really glad that you're enjoying uh, enjoying the podcast. Of course, we're going to have Jimmy Boy on here in just a few minutes. We got a lot to talk about with him. A lot of crazy things going on in the world in general and the world of sports. You know, just kind of things that have happened in the last week. Uh, that that you know, some things we touched on last week. You had uh, you know the interview. How crazy was that? You know, North Korea is hacking Sony. And um, President Obama even accuses them and basically says, hey, it was North Korea that, that, uh, that hacked Sony. And, you know, his opinion was they still should have released the film, which I agree with. I don't agree with a whole lot of what he says. But, but, but I did agree with that. So now, here we are a week later or so. Uh, Sony decides to uh, release it only online. You can rent it online. You can buy it online. And <laughs> it's crazy. They did $15 million in online rentals and purchases in the first four days. Four days. And in the limited release it did in the theaters, and this is like, you know, the theaters, you know, the Tower Theater, which is that cool little hip movie theater that seats about 27 people uh, that was built in 1918 uh, that they only show the cool movies in. Uh, you know, that's what a lot of these movies were. Uh, this movie was, was screened in a lot of these type of theaters, and it brought in $3 million. So they brought in almost $20 million, and that's more than they estimated it would have generated in theaters across the nation had it opened like a normal release. So the joke's on us, right? Maybe Sony's smarter than, than we give them credit for, number one. And number two, come to find out that it wasn't the North Koreans. Because like I said, I've been to Korea a lot of times. I know a fair amount about North Korea. never been there. But in talking to my friends and business partners in Korea, in South Korea, you know, I mean, I don't even, you know, does, does North Korea even have the Internet? Do they, do they have computers, Um are they still printing out their documents on dot matrix? You know, um, it's a crazy backwards country, and uh, you know, to be able to go in and hack like they supposedly did, uh, which they didn't do. Uh, you know, it's an inside job, is what we're hearing now. A disgruntled employee that basically had access to everything, um, all the passwords. Somebody referred to it as it was as easy as going into the filing cabinet and pulling out a folder that said, all important passwords. Pull out the folder, open it up, and there you go. So I don't even know if this hacker was even that smart. Um, maybe Sony is just that dumb. But anyway, I didn't watch it. Uh, it looks funny. Um, at some point, I probably will. It'll pro I think that's the kind of movie for me that, you know, on, on the flight over to Japan or Bangkok or something, uh, you've got 67 movies to pick from. And that might be one of them. I don't know if that'll be a movie option on the way to Korea, though. Maybe. Um, anyway, 
hackers, you know, I, I, I was in the internet business in about 1994, a long time ago. And, you know, obviously it's come a long, long, long way. Back then people really didn't know what it was. Uh, we called it the World Wide Web. And you'd kind of use an example of a kind of like a spider web, like all these computer cables that connected all these computers together um, that looked like kind of a web. And, um, uh, yeah, we've come, a uh, come, come just a little ways since then. Uh, back then, security was a big uh, point of emphasis because people didn't feel comfortable buying things online. They didn't want to give their credit cards, put their credit cards, you know, type it in and buy something online. Um, so, but now, you know, 20 years later, uh, the security threat's a lot different. You know, you have uh, these hackers that are doing a lot of crazy things. You know, there's there have been reports, and, and this isn't confirmed, but, you know, people are talking that, you know, even this Air Asia flight that flew out of Surabaya, Indonesia, which I've flown in and out of that city probably six or seven times over the last, you know, eight years, and I'm planning on heading back there uh, in, in June for our, our Five Star Legacy Foundation. we got some work that we're going to be doing over there. Um, but this flight flew out of Surabaya, going to Singapore. All of a sudden, it disappears, goes off the radar. And tragically, they found it, uh, the debris and, and some bodies is, is horrible. But, you know, there's been some people talking about the fact that that could be, that could be um, hackers. I mean, that is high-tech terrorism um, at its highest level. Uh, to be able to go in, if this is the case, to be able to go in and um, pull the, the plane off the radar, take over the controls of the plane. I don't know if that's the case. But, you know, it's really scary to think that if at some point, you know, people were able to do that, um, you know. Uh, but it's really a sad, really sad, sad situation, you know. Uh, obviously, a lot of Indonesians uh, really uh, uh, were on that flight. And, and uh, I love Indonesia. The people are great, really humble good people and and uh, my heart goes out to those guys that's 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 really horrible but you know there's as as hackers get smarter i mean the you know all the computer techies uh, need to get smarter as well because it's not going to get better as we become more uh, technologically inclined it's just going to you know it's going to get more challenging so so anyway um a couple other things i want to talk about before i bring on uh the fan favorite jimmy boy um and, and trust me, I did get many comments. We got emails, uh, phone calls, um, praising, praising Jimmy Boy and his his comments, his wit. Um, you know, and I told him, I said, hey, I won't go that far, all right? You know, but uh, uh, we had a lot of fun, and, and we are looking forward to uh, to doing that uh, on all our podcasts. But, but before I bring him in, I just want to, Talk, take a quick second talk about our sponsor that that makes this happen you know a lot goes into this you know our producer dc he does a great job putting all this together and uh, zotes zotes sunflower seeds gourmet sunflower seeds awesome seeds i love them they have i don't know 10 or 12 different flavors uh, uh dill pickle is my favorite but they have like uh you know buffalo wing uh, salt and pepper uh, sea salt and vinegar popcorn the, uh, theater popcorn Great seeds. Get them in a bag or, or in a bottle. Um, Zotes.com. Um, and again, if you go there and order, type in uh, code um, AG15, and you're going to get a 15% discount on, on the orders. They're great seeds. Great seeds. So Zotes.com. Thank you, Zotes, for uh, 
for sponsoring us and and uh, letting us get on get on here and just uh, you know just talk about a few things and have a little bit of fun. And speaking of fun, there's no one funner than Jimmy Boy, and so I'm going to dial him up because man, we got some stuff. We got some stuff that we need to talk about with that boy. Um, trust me, I've been thinking about a lot over the last week, and I'm sure he has as well. So let's get him on the on the phone. As technology is so quick, here we go. You there, Jim? Complex litigation. This is Jim. <laughs> Jim, Jim, Jimmy, boy, how you doing, brother? Dude, I am doing absolutely fabulous. I am just getting mauled as I leave the house from all the excitement of the Accidental Experience podcast. I can't even survive right now. It's crazy. Well, I hope I hope it hasn't uh, interfered too much in in your personal life. You know, I know that you're very uh, very private, quiet guy. And yes. Especially, you know, living down in, in living down in Fountain Valley. Um, Duh, how how dare little... how dare you? As a Huntington Beachian, that that's a painful thing for you to say. <laughs> no, Jim. As we as everybody knows, Jimmy Boy is the ultimate old Mister SoCal man, born and bred. I love him. We go way way back. We uh, touched on that last week. Yeah, you know, SoCal is where my mind is, but it's not my state of mind. Where's your state of mind? I don't know. That was an old song. Remember that? Yeah, I remember. I just want to know if you heard it and, and listened to it and actually it. took it to heart, you know? No, I don't. I don't believe any of that. It's my state of mind and where my mind is always and <laughs> now, forever. Now, we had the, the, the pleasure of doing this together last week, but, uh, you know, this week you're there, I'm here. Right. Uh, and your voice just sounds different. I don't know what's That's right. What's I, I was hoping you would hear it. <clears throat> Excuse me. As you know, it's a... Uh, it's an accidental experience, uh, you know, a gem. This is, you're the first to hear this. Nerdist called me, the podcast there, the Corolla show called me. Everyone wanted this exclusive. But on Sunday, I hit puberty. So anyways, um, as you know, that's one of the things is the voice changes. Mm -hmm. And as you can hear that right there. And I've got feelings in the loins that I've never had before. And uh, I was playing Madden the other day, and I lost, and I punched a hole in the wall. So, you know, you got the good, you got the bad, you got them all, and there you got the facts of life. So, so, so do you? Uh, uh, do you? Uh, have you started shaving then? <laughs> yes, and I cut myself, in fact. But uh, in honesty, here when you live in Southern California, when it gets under sixty-five degrees, you get a cold immediately <laughs> because it's just too much to handle. So I'm uh, battling that right now. Two fun things about Southern California. If there's under 65, you freak out. And if it rains, you decide just to swerve into each other. It's all chaos. Hey, so. I, you know what's funny about that is after high school, I moved to San Diego and was playing baseball down there for San Diego City, the Cardinals. Yeah, the mighty cards. Mighty, mighty cards. And I remember one day it was raining. And guys are sliding all over the place. I mean, they're getting off the highway on the off ramp and turning, you know, turning onto the the side street. And they were, they were like Tokyo Drift, man. Yeah, no, it's it's pure. It's like, what is this stuff falling from the sky? <laughs> is is it over? Is that why it's over? Is this it? Is this the rapture? And then once we figure out that it isn't, we just start swerving into each other. Well, so. I have noticed that, and I have uh, experienced that myself. I got up this morning. Kind of checked out, uh, you know, my weather on my 
you know, my iPhone weather. I don't know how they yes. get it so good, but uh, it was one degrees. Oh, yeah. I, no, I saw Denver. My kid's in Denver, and I saw that it was a solid negative 15. So, uh, oh, so mine's pretty, actually pretty warm then, I guess is what you're saying. Yeah, I was, I was just worried about my sweet Kobe Bean Bryant out there in Denver. They played him last night after he messed around and got a triple-double. Then he had to handle that cold. I hope he's okay. Dude, that brings me to – so Denver, he – Kobe's been to Colorado before, didn't he? Yeah, that's the thing. It's hard to be really rapey when it's that cold, so I hope he's okay to uh, make that happen. Oh, dude, you knew exactly where I was going with that. Well, you know, (laughs) on that note, you know, um, one degree uh, Fahrenheit, right? Yes. Is is like minus 20, I don't know, minus 10 Celsius, yeah. Something like that. Or, or, or whatever, but it's, it's I hate crazy. the Europeans, so I don't but, know. But the, the thing that's interesting is for all those countries that are a little bit backwards and they use Celsius instead of Fahrenheit, right. when we say one degrees, to them that's only like 33 degrees yeah. uh, Fahrenheit. But when we say one degrees here, man, just trust me, it's cold. So uh, yeah. let's uh, let's yeah, talk about we got, some... we got a big audience out there in the, uh, in the Netherlands, so that's well, awesome. Netherlands, uh, Ukraine... And yeah. um, the Czech Republic, but well, uh, you know, works works spanning weekly. You know, people are picking us up right. all over this great uh, this great globe. Well, let's let's talk about a couple things because I got a text from you last week as kind of a follow up to to our topic of uh, you know who was the favorite in 2013, mm-hmm. um, and you did a little research, didn't you? Yeah, you know, I did deep research. Yeah, and and what uh, what'd you come up with? Oh, was I supposed to actually have this ready? <laughs> okay. Well, well, let me let me tell you what you came up with and what you sent okay. to me, and and it's funny because it just reminded me of what we talked about last week. You you have a screenshot of the odds, pro baseball odds to win the World Series, odds to win the 2015 World Series. Now, right. there's only one reason why you sent that to me, and what would that yeah. reason be? To show you that once again, the Dodgers, your L.A. Dodgers, your Los Angeles Dodgers are the odds-on favorite to win it all in 2015. They, they six are. Six to one. You bet $1, you'll receive $6 in exchange. Okay, but here's something interesting. I want to get your thoughts on this. The Giants, last year, what did we talk about? They were 22 to one last year. This year, it looks like they are 10, 10 to, to one. one. Okay. But the a uh, the Nationals, look at the Nationals. They're six to one. Right. The, the Red Sox are six to one. Right. Um, well, yeah. Part of that being a, a SoCal guy, being Vegas, right in my backyard, is Vegas is whole. Their whole key is to get you to bet, right? right. So they probably think that those teams are. Fa- if you're a twelve to one or better, you're kind of a favorite. But I think that. They know that they're going to get a lot of Dodger money, just all the homers that are like, oh, I love the Dodgers. I'm going to bet Vegas. I mean, it's got to be 40% of the visitors to Vegas got to be from L.A. And uh, they know that they're not going to give them good odds. So even if they don't believe it, they're going to still give them the best odds. But, you know, Dodgers did some offseason moves. I've seen a couple different sites that say that they had the second best uh, off-season behind San Diego, yeah, was which that, is awesome. that, Oh, yeah, I saw that on LADodgers.com. Yeah, that's no, right. It I was on Jim's uh, awesomeblog.com. And, <laughs> no, but, but it was on Bleacher or something else, and then Sports Nation got in on it. 
here's the thing though. How can the number one team be San Diego because they got uh, Kemp, and the number two team is the Dodgers because they got rid of Kemp? Yeah, that doesn't sound right. Well, and how how does this happen? The Padres are twenty five to one. Their odds are twenty five to one. The Dodgers are six to one. I I think the Padres made the best moves. In, yeah, in that's baseball. all military. They don't have money to gamble. That's why they do that. Okay. All right. So so. Look at a, cu- a couple of interesting things about this. Number one, the Oakland A's basically one or two pitches away from uh, you know making a great playoff run. Royals beat them. Uh, the rest is history. Between then and now, they have unloaded their. T- I mean, everyone's gone. Everyone's gone, and they are now forty to one favorites. Forty to one, and this dude, this was a team that for a good stretch last year was the best team in Major League Baseball. Does does Billy Bean really know what he's doing, or is he, is he all all this statistics? <laughs> well, of course, he knows crap. what he's doing. We talked last week. I am all about Moneyball. He is the crown prince of Moneyball. Yeah, yeah. he knows what he's doing. So you're saying we should put some cash down on that forty to one? That's what you're saying. What I'm saying is, when is he? When's the last time he's won a, a, a championship, man? I like the Moneyball thing, and I agree with you. I, I it's the st- statistically speaking, hey, it sounds great, but. At the end of the day, if you keep getting rid of guys every year, is there a team that gets rid of more guys than the than the Oakland A's? I, I mean, no. every year it seems like they're unloading half their roster. Well, that's the thing that's killing me with this stupid Dodger uh, deal, Friedman, is he's got that mindset of everything is sell when you have, when you guys are at the highest. So D Gordon has a great year, sell him now because he could have a bad year like he did the year before. But the problem is you're not. Developing, you're developing these guys to go play for other teams, and we have the money, and, he, and they're still acting like we're the Tampa Bay Rays. It's killing me right now. Yeah, but but at the end of the day, well, I guess it doesn't matter if you got all the money in the world. It doesn't it doesn't matter if you're spending it and it doesn't work. You know what I mean? I mean, you're and you're not winning championships, so right. maybe this maybe this uh, approach will will work because it isn't like the Dodgers have been chintzy over the last few years since Mister Magic Man took over. Uh, you know, or, or proclaimed to take over. I, I love seeing him at the baseball games. You know, he's, he's hands-on with all of the hires in the, all the secretaries. He hires all of them. He, is, <laughs> I don't know. he doesn't do anything except smile. And I mean, he was on NBA Today half the time. I'm like, Magic, get the Lakers suck. Move on. You're the Dodger supposedly owner. It's time to pay some attention. But he doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, although. Here's a, I always got Dodger fun facts. He wears a dark blue, beautiful uh, Lacoste T-shirt to all the games. Guess who got the exact same T-shirt for Christmas? You're looking at him. Well, actually not looking, but talking to I'm listening yeah. to you, and I really wish that I could yeah. see that shirt. Oh, I'll send some right photos now. with you. I look, I mean, I don't look as good as Madge, but I look a second. To match, I'm looking tasty in the shirt. So, 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 do you think he ever sits in on any of those meetings when when they're talking personnel? He goes, he says, "Yeah, you know what? I like that AAA pitcher for the, <laughs> no, man, the, the, the Devil Rays." No, he gets in there those meetings, and he's a, and he'll just like, "I don't want to change the subject, but what do you guys think about the Bus Family?" <laughs> and then they'll be like, "Magic, it's baseball." And he's like, "Oh, but no, seriously, the Bus Family. Since I left, they suck." And no, he's. He doesn't do anything, but you know what? He smiles and makes me happy. Does he have any ownership uh, in the Lakers? Uh, no, he had to sell his half percent that he had. He has like a half percent with the Dodgers. They were bought for $2 billion. I'm not good at numbers, but I do have a calculator. So if you hit $2 billion, right, yeah. and then you times it 
by 1%, that's 20,000. Is that right? I'm sure. You're right. You're on a calculator. Uh, two million. Right. I'm sorry. So 200,000. So he probably put in 200,000, got his percent, and off we go. And he's happy. Yeah. He didn't do anything. I didn't, he just smiles for the camera. Those big, glorious teeth. Well, all I know is this. Here's all I know. Talking about baseball. It's 20 million. <laughs> I just barely missed. It's 20 million. Yeah, so no. twenty million got his one percent, and there you go. Now you did get a degree, and you did have math classes, right? Um, I did, quote unquote, graduate from Brigham Young <laughs> University. Uh, whether I went to those classes or had a lovely wife that did that is up for debate. No one knows that answer, but uh, I did graduate. Yes. Okay. Well, let's talk about guys graduating uh, to the next level financially. These athletes. Let's talk about, since we're talking about baseball and, and at the end of the year, uh, you know, you, you noticed who won the AP Male Athlete of the Year, I'm sure. Right, Kershaw? Um, almost. Kershaw was second. He was oh, second. That's really? good. You know, he's... Well, that's great. I'm just happy for LeBron James. That is <laughs> here's, here's what's great about Madison Bumgarner winning the, uh, the AP Male Athlete of the Year after he won the Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year. This is crazy. Last year, or in 2012, the Giants locked him up on a six-year contract, mm -hmm. and they have two options. So through 2017, and then they have options in 2018, 2019. The club does. Okay. Now, six-year, $35.5 million contract. I mean, that's, that is, that's a steal. And, of course, in 2012, hey, two years ago, he – he was a great pitcher. He wasn't the pitcher. hadn't, you know, he wasn't. He 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 hadn't experienced obviously this year two hundred and seventy plus innings. He pitched twenty one innings in the World Series. Twenty one yeah, innings in the World Series. Bochi Bochi went with sword on him. His arm is going to be through. Dude, twenty one. They should just bring him in the All Star game. Twenty one innings, two wins, and a save in the World Series. Series. So he. 36 35 million over 6 years and the options are 12 million dollars for 2018 2019. So, that's pretty good for the Giants to have their uh, you know, they have their ace. I just wanted to I just didn't know if you had noticed because the AP Male Athlete of the Year is one of the most prestigious um ath uh you know, athletic uh um, Endeavors, you know. Yeah, well, Michael Phelps won it the year before, and, and what he, he was did. a swimmer. He was yeah. good. I can't argue with that. He went for swimming or for smoking the most weed in the history of uh, mankind. Smoking then swimming because uh, that okay. is a talent. It really is. You so know what? they all all those all those swimmers. By the way, <laughs> I'm in beautiful downtown SoCal. We got a lot of swimmers out here. They're all a bunch of stoners. Because could you imagine swimming? Like if you go swim. You swim Olympic-sized pole. You go to the other side, and you are so bored by the time you get there that I would be like, I've never even partaken of that kind of stuff. I'm thinking about smoking a bowl just by swimming. It is horrible. Hey, hey, I grew up, when I was young, young, Northern California. Yes. Uh, had to, I was on swim team, and we had to practice at 7 a.m. in the summertime. Luckily, when I hit about 12, it, it interfered with baseball, so I had to quit. But, you know, think about getting up. Monday through Friday, basically, at 6.30 in the summer and going down to a pool that feels really cold. Right. Diving in and swimming for two hours. You're right. I can understand it. I mean, it's, uh, it is not 
uh, it's not an easy, enjoyable. I mean, look, if you're a basketball player, at least you're playing counts for working out while you're playing, right? I mean, yeah, you just got to swim laps, man. It's uh, there's no points. It's just constant <laughs> swimming. It's horrible. That's right. But the swimmers get the chicks. That's for sure. Um, as as uh, Michael Phelps. Why does it have to be about that? Why can't it be about personality? We need to do a podcast on loving people for personalities, not for famous and looks. Let me write that down. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay so we got a, a couple other things going on right now. Um, yesterday, press conference in uh, Ann Arbor. Um, this crazy. This this is crazy because you know you have Jim Harbaugh. There's a couple things. There, there's a number of crazy things around this whole situation. Uh, number one, Jim Harbaugh, according to some reports, became the highest paid college football coach in the history of college football. Now, Nick Saban, uh, last year, or actually I guess this year, 2014, he, he made with all his bonuses, school pay, I'm sure the other things he does, he made uh, over $7 million dollars. This year, Nick Saban did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jim Harbaugh, he gets you know he gets his contract, and um, you know the Niners. I don't remember exactly what the Niners were playing, but I think it was around four million a year. Um, you know, he gets his contract, and some people reported as six year, forty eight million dollars. Now, what I what I was reading yesterday was it's more like I think it's like five million a year and a two million dollar signing bonus over seven years. Um, Regardless, the thing that I find really interesting, and I, and I want to just share a couple things with you because sports sports is weird, and, and, and this is a good example. You know, the Jazz, Larry H. Miller, uh, one of the hardest working guys around, grew up with nothing. Um, he he is a mechanic. He's working in a, a Toyota dealership. Ends up owning Toyota dealerships. Ends up buying the Jazz, uh, helping keep them here, which is an interesting story. We'll talk about. At uh, another podcast, but keeping the Jazz in Utah, building the Delta Center, um, doing really well. Just a really great businessman. Uh, he right. passed, you know, he passes away, and his son, who I think dropped out of high school at one point. That's not. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, <laughs> does he play games on Sunday, though. That's the big question. Everyone wants to know. Well, I'm sure he does, and he goes to these games to watch the players that they've traded away come back to Utah and, and kick their butts. It's like yeah. this guy's running the Jazz. And he doesn't he, – he, in my opinion, he has no business running the Jazz. Larry Miller did because that was his life. He built it from the ground up. He was passionate about it. He was a great businessman. Does his son have a silver spoon? Uh, did he have to – does he deserve to, 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 to be running that, uh, that team? You know, so so in sports, it's interesting, and, and why I bring that up is now you go and you look at you go look at the San Francisco 49ers. You got Jim Harbaugh, right? Who now tell me what your thoughts of Harbaugh was when he coached for Stanford? Okay, here's here's a little thing. The beauty of the internet has shown me that in 2005 and 2006, the coach of Stanford was some dude named Harris, right? I don't even know who that was. I'm an SC guy. We play him twice or once a year, and I don't even know who that is. He went a solid five and six, and then one and eleven. Harbaugh comes in, goes four eight five seven eight five twelve one. Wow. I'm not good at math, as we've discussed, but that is vast improvement. A bunch of 
white, smart dudes. He's got a couple brothers that can make it happen. But for the most part, he's out there dominating. And then he leaves, and they continue to dominate. Now, Andrew Luck was there, but, you know, you got to give him some credit. So then he goes, and the, now here's the next thing. Let's jump over to San Francisco. Mike Singletary put a solid 18-22 and 22 uh-huh. record. Mike Nolan, remember Mike Nolan? Oh, yeah. Oh, I love Mike. 37. Yeah. Dennis Erickson, the pride of Miami, 9-23. and 23. The pride of Utah now. He is yeah. the pride of the running Utes. The running Utes. And then Jim Harbaugh takes a 9-23, and 18-37, and 18-22 records and goes to 44-19. and 19. Yep. yep. Hey, let me, let me add to that, Math Major. Okay. In eight years after Mariucci left. Now, we think about this. DeBartolo ownership. Bill, Ross ran, Bill Walsh ran that team. Now, I remember when the 49ers won the first Super Bowl. I remember watching the Niners in the late 70s when they went 2-14, and 6-10. and 10. Yeah. I mean, Bill Walsh steps in, who was a genius. That dude was just brilliant. And, of course, the ownership's going to say, hey, man. The ownership probably said, thank you. Wash their hands of it. Go do what you can do because they have gone through year after year of just pain and sucking really bad. Walsh takes over. He runs a team. He makes the personnel moves. Uh, he has, obviously, the West Coast offense. A lot of great coaches, a ton of great coaches that, right. uh, that coached under him. Um, Steve Mariucci, when he was hired, um, you know, he was the last coach that the DeBartolos hired. Because, you know, in between um, Walsh, there was Seifert. Um, Mary yes, got, what do you got? You got York there right now, right? Is he yeah, the dude? Or Jed York. So, so three coaches in 23 years, and in those 23 years, they only they missed the playoffs six times, and two of the six were during Walsh's first two years when he's turning that baby around. Yeah. And one time they missed it during the strike, and once they had a 10 and six record and didn't and didn't make it, so they were close. Two times during Mariucci's tenure, they didn't make it, but there's huge salary cap issues those years. I remember that. They, they, then right. so, so Mariucci goes 57 and 39 with four out of his six years of playoffs with bad salary cap issues. And since Mariucci leaves, the, the Niners in eight years are 46 and 82 with no playoffs. The Niners, one of the most storied franchises in NFL history, the championships that they have, right? Right. And, so and, here's the thing. Why, why did, so why did they fire him? Is well, it all ego, right? Well, because the York, it is ego, and people can't get along with the York family. You know, that, that's probably why Mariucci left. Eight years, 46 and 82 after Mariucci. Like you said, Harbaugh comes in, and in four years, 44 and 19, makes it to the Super Bowl, makes it to a couple of NFC championship games, um, and, and now he's gone. Now yeah. he's gone. He's, I'll tell you what, first off, the Yorks make one of the best peppermint patties ever, so I'm not going to blame them for that. Let's... Let's give credit, Mark, where credit is due. That York peppermint patty is And tremendous. if they just kept with yeah. making peppermint patties, I'd be really happy and supportive of the York family. Yes. But they're they're trying to run a football team. Right. And but, you just but let... To get rid of them, let me tell you a couple things. This is what this reminds me of. The great, late, great Al Davis <laughs> was such a freaking head case that he... The, who comes in and turns the team around? They sucked in the 90s. John Gruden comes in. He hires them. And now Gruden, that place, I'm a huge Raider fan. We used to go to those games. That place was crazy for John Gruden. They'd have the Chucky dolls. No one even thought about Al Davis. Al gets angry, saying, this is my thing. It's, uh, it's not Gruden, it's me. They trade Gruden. 
and Gruden went from, you know, dominating. So this is what's going to happen for San Francisco. They're going to get the, they're going to have one or two years of goodness just off of what was built. So the Raiders go to the Super Bowl, lose to Gruden, but they still have the Super Bowl. Then they bust out these records. Here's some fun facts. 4-12, 5 and 11, 4 and 12, 2 and 14, 4 and 12, 5 and 11, 5 and 11. <laughs> what the crap, man? As, as DC sits here and laughs being a Broncos fan and just laughs they have How two dude, he says they have two guaranteed wins every year, at least. Yeah. And so yeah, that's that's a that's a naughty thing to say. And then Dallas is the same thing, right? So Jerry and Jimma, Jimma and Jerry go at it. So he leaves, Switzer takes his perfect team, and then Switzer goes, you know, has a couple good years, and then all of a sudden it does the whole thing implodes. Five and eleven, six and ten, five and eleven, eight and eight, and then they went on their eight and eight spree. These coaches are the guys that do it. I it drives me crazy. I'm the exact opposite as I am in Major League Baseball. I don't think a manager does anything except it goes out there and cheers. Yeah. They don't need them. It's all the GM, and it's all of what they're thinking. But in football, it's all the coach. I would so the Raiders could have got Harbaugh if they really put. Why don't they give Harbaugh fifteen million a year? Yeah. NFL prints money because Nick Saban yesterday in an interview they're asking about Harbaugh and making that money, and Nick Saban said something very smart. Who I think he's a great coach. He said. Basically, said it's all relative. It's it's what value does that person bring you? So if you're paying Jim Harbaugh, if the Raiders are paying him fifteen million dollars, and it got them back into the playoffs, and it got them selling out games, and it got Raider Nation back on the map, it's been a while, and it's bringing in an additional fifty or seventy-five or hundred million dollars in merch and TV uh, uh, advertising and ticket sales. Is it worth it to pay fifteen million? Of course it is. It's it's all relative. So Nick Saban gets seven million bucks a year. What's he done over the last five years? Well, absolutely the tens and probably hundreds of millions that he's brought into to Alabama. So yeah, you know, why not pay him that? Instead, you know, the Niners, there's philosophical differences. Well, who are the differences with? If Jim Harbaugh has a philosophical difference with the owner Jed York, who's a thirty five year old whatever. I don't know if he played football. I don't know what his background. I'm going to go ahead and think that if there's a philosophical difference, I'm going to stand on the side of Harbaugh based on his playing, uh, based on his coaching experience and his background. So now I listen to his press conference at Michigan, and it's phenomenal. He's funny. He's excited to be there. He's going to turn that sucker around. So, yeah, as a Raider fan, this is the thing that kills me. You have a chance to get this guy that's going to be able to go in. There's no other chance that we're going to get him except – Oh, guess what? You hate the Niners. Come over here. We'll pay you double the amount of anybody. Change the culture. If we go 8-8, eight and eight, I am celebrating. We suck so bad right now. It is horrible. So we can have that opportunity. We let it go by. And then, you know, Mark Davis, who basically is just now looking like, you know, Harry from Dumb and Dumber with that haircut. Can he get a haircut, by the way? Do you know how much money the Raiders make? Move them to L.A. first off. They're done in Oakland. Well, so, they are done in Oakland, and quite honestly, I don't care. I love the Raiders growing up. I love the Niners, and now Davis moved into SoCal. That's that's like that's a slap in the face, man. And it's just it in in and ever since they got back, even you know, I, and I liked them when they were in L.A. I liked Marcus Allen a lot. You know, uh, Kenny Stable or not Kenny, uh, Jim Plunkett. You know what the eighty one 
championship. Yeah. They're still in Oakland. Then I think those were glory years. Then I think eighty four wasn't eighty four when they beat the Redskins. Was eighty four, eighty five, right around there. Eighty three. But but you know, I just think it's really crazy coaching. And and you know, a lot of people say, man, you get you know Nick Saban makes seven million a year. Harbaugh just is going to make forty million over six years or whatever. I can't believe they make that just for coaching. Well, number one, they commit their life to it, and they're probably spending 150 hours a week on what they're doing. Uh, number two, it's a value that they bring, and, and they really do bring a great value. And, and you know, talking about coaching, uh, you know, Harbaugh goes from the college to the NFL. You know, your boy, Carroll, uh, went from college to the NFL and has had great success. But, you know, even in college ranks, you know, right now, well, two things. Number one, you know, the point is you leave Harbaugh, you lose Harbaugh, and who are you interviewing for that head coaching job? Do you know who they interviewed yesterday? Oh, I've seen a list. Who did they go to yesterday? Rex, Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan, yeah. Let's get, okay, so here's what I'm saying. I'm driving a Lamborghini, and I think I'm going to trade it in for a Hyundai. Now, a Hyundai's not a bad car. It's got a 10-year bumper-to-bumper, you know. And they, they make those, they make those, they make those cars. They make those cars great. I mean, they're great cars, but but I'm in a Lambo. I, I think I'm probably gonna like driving that a little bit better than than the Hyundai. So you're going from Jim Harbaugh to okay. Wait, let's see. Is Norv Turner going to apply for the job? Let's get let's get Norv his tenth head coaching job in his yeah, seventy three year career. Uh, you know, I just I get tired of it because you have to look at a situation and say, are we better off? Are we better off by making this change, or are we worse? And and the Niners, like you said, I mean, hey, welcome to six and ten, eight and eight, and and four and twelve seasons over the next few years. Now, like you said, maybe not the next few. We got great defense. You still got Gore. Hopefully, they'll resign. But but it's just it's really disappointing to me. They're already on their way down. Yeah, I mean, you could just see yeah. they completely just kind of given up at the end. I mean, that game against the Chargers was hilarious, where they were up twenty-one to nothing. Yeah, that and was that was up, hilarious. Yeah, no, this is funny for everyone. Yeah. You guys are already out of the playoffs. It's all about position now to try to get a college kid. But yeah, it's just re- it, it's just frustrating to see these owners and these GM guys. You know, Dallas. Raiders, how did that work out for both those guys when yeah. they got rid of Jimmy Johnson right. and, uh, you know, Gruden? It never works. Take the coach and then sit back and let it happen. Hey, DeBartolo was a great owner because he'd come down on the field at the end of the games and hug his players. You know, he wasn't an ego guy. And and he, the players, for many, many years, the number one. <laughs> that was funny. I thought you said DeBartolo wasn't an ego guy. That was well, a, no, here's what I said. Here's what I Stand up. He let his coaches run the team, right? Right. He, he took credit for by hiring the best. He, which is he what hired the best. And here's what's crazy. The, the players loved playing for the Niners. They loved playing for the coaches, obviously, Walsh, Mariucci, Seifert. They loved playing for DeBartolo. So, yeah, huge ego, very successful guy. But in the way that it didn't, it didn't get – it did not interfere with what the, what the coaches were trying to do. The, the philosophical differences that they they may have had you just gotta understand, you just gotta know you gotta know when to let your coach do his thing I think and and when not to but you know the last thing just quick I want to touch on is we have uh, um, you know our 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 love we talked about last week or we share a great love for for our great university BYU and you know there's been some really crazy things going on here um, because and this for a lot of people that are 
you know, Cal, Cal Pac-10 guys, this won't resonate maybe as much. But, you know, one of the greatest rivalries in college football, would you agree, is the BYU-Utah rivalry? Right. And I don't, as great as it is, Mark, nobody knows about it. It's like, you know, people also think that Montana-Montana State is a great rivalry, which it is, but nobody knows. But when you look at, you know, Cal versus Stanford or SC versus UCLA or, you know, Auburn, Alabama, those all have certain areas of, okay, I get it, they all have this or they have that in the, the city or the state. This one's done on religious lines, a lot of it. Right. And it is so hated and so heated. There's a great book by John Feinstein that talks about, it's called A Civil War, it's uh, Army versus Navy, which is a great book and it talks about that rivalry also being great. But as far as BYU and Utah, no one knows how bad the rivalry is. It is nasty. I think it's the nastiest of all the rivalries. It might not be the greatest, uh-huh. but it's the nastiest of all rivalries. Uh-huh. And I've seen just as an outsider coming into there. Well, you and I uh, went to the one game. Uh, BYU was ranked. Utah was up 21-10 to 10 in the fourth. Luke Staley, who won the Doak Walker that year, scores two touchdowns. The second one runs down the sideline about 40 yards. Uh, BYU picks off a pass there and last play to seal it. That stadium, there's 65,000 fans in that that stadium, and right. it was absolutely crazy. And I actually also remember you doing the robot in front of a, a front of a couple of uh, Birkenstock wearing well, University yeah. of Utah professors that got in their car after that game. Uh, you were doing the robot in front of their car, and they didn't seem to appreciate that well, very much. Which hurt my feelings because I've worked on that robot dance, and I know that everyone does it. It's cliche, and everyone thinks that they're, I was the originator of bringing back the robot from the Jackson Five, and I was doing it to say to say to them, in essence, we are all humans. We share a love for each other, and I'm going to give you this robot dance as a gift because right now we just took away your chance of anything great and glorious. This is my chance to give you now a gift. And I gave him the gift, and there was no enjoyment on his side, which hurt my feelings, to well, be honest with you. remember the gift that he gave back to you. He told yeah. you he, he told you, you were number one, and i yeah. thinking it was either BYU was number one because they just spanked Utah, yeah. or your robot dance was number one. And, I think and remember, it was a combo, a number one combo, because <laughs> it was... Yeah, I hit it that night. I mean, I don't brag. I'm not the braggocious kind of guy. But I hit that thing right in front of his car. And could he leave the stadium? No. But that's part of what you have to you got to pay the piper. That was funny because he was in that big parking lot. He gives you the number one sign, hits the gas, goes about 27 feet, and then has a jam on his brakes because of the traffic. He couldn't get out of the parking lot. Remember that? So, so yeah, that, and because I'm so nice, I gave him an encore <laughs> dance as he's sitting there in, stuck in traffic and he couldn't leave. After he thought that he put me off and I was on his way, I came right back in and uh, gave him some more. That's the kind of person I am, Mark. I continue. I forgive, and I continue to go in there and give him more love. Well, let me ask you this. USC, UCLA. Is there the hatred between those two schools as there is or, or appears to be a it's, lot of times between Yeah, the I mean, there's a little bit. UCLA-USC has its own kind of fun part of their rivalry, which is they're eight miles apart. And I don't know how far Stanford is from uh, from Berkeley, but I don't think it's eight miles. I know wow. it's the third closest rivalry that's out there and as wow. far as me. And so you've got UCLA-USC people married 
all day long. I mean, yeah. it's, it's house divided, it's left and right. Yeah. And you've got these kids that grew up playing on the same team. So you've got Long Beach Poly, which is a big powerhouse out here. You know, half of them go to UCLA, half of them go to USC, and then they see each other. And it's just a different kind of rivalry. And there's a little nasty streak. It mostly comes from the UCLA side because they're the little brother. They never, you know, have won a national championship. They've, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's kind of in the shadow. Um, and, well, you, know, it's, you, it's basketball. you think you think SC, you think football, you think UCLA, you think basketball. At least, yeah. you know, that's what I did growing up. I mean, the greatest coach of all time, uh, I think, you know, coach at UCLA. and, and Walt Hazard. Yeah, Walt Hazard. Walt he, Hazard? Was, well, he was phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, he had those two, year, those two years. Um, Walt Hazard was a gem. And why they talk about John Wooden when no one gives credit to Walt Hazard and what he did with Reggie Miller that year is unbelievable. Hey, so so here's what's interesting about this BYU-Utah thing. Uh, came out a couple days ago that, you know, Chris Hill is the athletic director of Utah. I don't care much for He's the one that kind of put the kibosh on the rivalry games. BYU didn't play Utah this year, won't play him again next year. Um, and, you know, he's kind of – I just – I'm just not a huge fan. But anyway um, – Utah has their best year. They've had a number of years, and Utah fans around here are completely celebrating their seventh place finish in the Pac-12. Okay, that's a great year for them. They and they, have and they go and play their great. Mountain West uh, uh, cohort from five years ago, Colorado State, in the Vegas Bowl. Okay, with uh, you know Yahoo, but right when they have their best year, their defensive coordinator leaves for the same job at Oregon State, defensive coordinator. He brings mm-hmm. with him another who's a, who, Kalani Sataki, Polynesian guy, really good coach, great recruiter. Brings another Polynesian D lineman, Polynesian coach with him, and you know, you know, being so close to the BYU program, at least you know, following it for years, how important the Polynesian pipeline is to these schools. Yeah, um, that just it just went away right now, um, and it went it, it's headed to Oregon State with that move, and two days later. The offensive coordinator, the eighth OC in eight years at Utah. No, I'm not exaggerating. He leaves the program and goes to Texas A&M. Now, if he goes to A&M as an OC, I can totally see that because that's a great upward move. Right. He, he went there, and I think he's the running game coordinator and the wide receivers coach or some, that's, something that's, like that. Yeah, that's basically the same position that the fifth-year senior graduate just got. So yeah. he, that's a step down. Yeah. So step so. Up. So the, the deal is, it's, it's just kind of crazy that they kind of have what they, their best year in years, and now they're leaving. But here's, here's the kicker. The rumor is that Whittingham, the head coach at Utah, and Hill, they're not getting along, they haven't gotten along, and that Whittingham's talking to BYU uh, administration about coming to BYU and, and being the head coach at their rival, at the place he played for, but he's been at Utah for 20 years as an assistant coach um, and as a head coach. Going to your rival, I mean, that's just... That would, no, but that would be the most glorious day for me for so many reasons. <laughs> it's not going to happen because it is so glorious. And as a BYU fan, I've just accepted uh, just above mediocrity. And it is... But if they, if we got Whittingham, oh, my goodness. It would just be so glorious because there's a false sense of uh, worth in the Salt Lake area that that Utah matters in the the football landscape, which they don't. And uh, for Whittingham to even take a pay cut and to go to a school 
where there's no way he's going to be able to, unless all the donors are going in there and helping on the side, there's no way they're going to pay him that much. To take a pay cut to go to the rival would just let everyone understand exactly where they're at. Yeah, no, you're right. And a a Utah fan friend of mine, uh, the non-delusional type, because there's a lot of delusion up there. But I didn't know there was that, but go ahead. Um, he, he said that would be the biggest slap in the face if Whittingham went to uh, to BYU. Okay, so to wrap this baby up, because as always, the time just flies by, um, you know, we got some feedback, uh, got some emails. and Yeah, we, I got them. So we got a new email address, Mark. Uh, NoCalVSoCal at gmail.com. Again, that's N-O-C-A-L-V versus... Kind of SoCal at Gmail. Very simple. If you got a comment, throw them in. We already got a couple that came in, and uh, they weren't. They're completely different. So I, I don't know. Here's the first one I got. It said, uh, "Dear Jimmy Boy, I'm a lifelong Giants and 49er fan. I've lived in Northern California for most of my whole life. So I was super excited to listen to the Accidental Experience podcast. Okay, that's great. Uh-huh. However." After listening to your ever-so-eloquent take on being a Dodger fan, I am now renouncing my allegiance to the San Francisco teams, especially the Giants. Now that I know our so-called championship are a fraud and should have an asterisk next to them because they were won by a wild-card team. Thanks again for showing me the error of my ways. And I'm not going to use the full name, so I'll just use an initial for the first name. It says, Sincerely, Senator D. Feinstein. So I don't know who that guy is. Must be a guy because I don't think they let girls be senators. But. Can I tell you? I'm glad. No, that's great. I have no problem with that. <laughs> Senator <laughs> South, man. Yeah, and there's a little PS here. It says, since I started liking the Dodgers, I also feel that trickle-down economics is actually a very good thing. So that's weird. I don't even know what that means, but that's she wow. threw a PS. Wow. All right, so here's the other one that I got. And, uh, you know, there's thousands, but these are just two that I pulled. This one's a little bit simpler, and again, I won't give the full name. I'll just give the first initial. It says, Dear Jimmy Boy, I hate you. I hope you die. Sincerely, B. Bochi. So I'm not sure who that is. but uh, Well, that's a very Bochy. common name, Bochi. Uh, yeah, you hear it left and right. Yeah, and so I, I, I wouldn't have any idea um, who who would have emailed that, but, but obviously we have uh, some uh, people listening and, and either liking or taking offense to yeah, what's, what's being no, said no, on no. the accidental experience, right? Breaking the internet. Well, well, listen, we're going to continue breaking the internet, and right. we'll be back next week, of course. You know, we got some bowl games going on. Just quickly, your predictions: uh, Bama or Ohio State? Bama by a huge run, which would be horrible because that means Lane Kiffin's going to get more run, which would be awesome because Lane Kiffin will hopefully go be a coach again and suck. Okay, so. okay. Uh, got you there. And then the other yep. one is uh, Oregon, your Pac-12 cohort, and. Yes. And uh, Florida State, who I have no idea about ten of the games how they won those games, but yeah. they just seem to win. Yeah, it's, is there any chance that Oregon's not going to kill them? Now, quickly, because I know we're done. Whenever teams have a chance to prepare for Oregon, if they have three or four weeks or even a bye week, they don't figure out the offense. Because I am a Chip Kelly, by the way, man crusher. Yeah. I love that guy. Yeah, they don't figure it out, but they're able to kind of do better against it. Okay. But if they, they win that game, they're going to beat uh, Alabama. Put it that way. Well, here's what here's the deal. Florida State has their good running back back. And if Florida State has a true running threat, because I don't think, I don't follow Oregon that much. I follow their offense. I don't know how great their defense is. Does, you know, you're going to have big athletic guys, obviously, at Florida State. 
Can they slow down Oregon enough? Or can Oregon slow down Florida State enough? If they establish a run game, uh, it really opens up the game for Winston a lot more. Um, I, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I think, uh, man, every time I go with Oregon in these big games, it seems like they lose, though. I know. When teams have a chance to prepare for them, they're not the same team. So I think if Oregon sneaks by, say they win by three, four, one, whatever, I think they're going to then hammer whoever they play because Alabama will then have that one week to prepare instead of the four weeks, five weeks, right. whatever it is. Okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll, uh, we'll touch on that next week and kind of we'll talk a little bit more about the national championship game. Of course, more Giants and Dodgers. You know, we, we didn't even hit on the Giants signing Jake Peavy. I'll get your thoughts on that, get your thoughts on that next. Uh, hey, get, hey, I popped a cork of champagne and I don't drink alcohol. That's okay. that's how I feel about that. We'll we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. But uh, as always, Jimmy Boy, it's awesome to talk to you. Hope that uh, the sub sixty five degree temperature doesn't keep wreaking havoc on your voice. We're fighting it. We're fighting it. We're gonna we're gonna overcome. Drink a lot of uh, drink a lot of acai berry. And take that yucca, yucca, whatever uh, that kills colds. We know about that in, in this part of. Uh, okay. of well, I don't speak Spanish, so I don't know what you said, but I will try to do it. <laughs> well, Jimmy Boy, thanks a lot, buddy. You have uh, you have yourself a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Happy New Year! And and now, uh, just to kind of wrap this up, you know, really appreciate uh, obviously having the opportunity to kind of share this podcast uh, with Jimmy Boy. We have a lot of fun. Uh, he knows his stuff. I hate the Dodgers. Um, I hate the Lakers. But I have total respect for Jimmy Boy, who's not only a friend but a true fan, like we talked about last week. And, and what we were, we're going to touch on this week, but we'll maybe do it next week, is you know your kids, how you have, how you help, uh, you know, point them in the right direction to to be to pick the right teams to cheer for. I grew up as a Giants fan, a Niners fan, a Warriors fan. My dad, that's where we lived. My dad was a huge fan of all those teams. And uh, that's just kind of what, that's just kind of the way it was. So we'll touch on that a little bit more uh, next week as well. But I love spending time with somebody who knows his stuff, um, who's a true fan. Um, and you go back and you visit Jimmy Boy 20 years from now, he'll still be talking SC, he'll still be talking Dodgers. And, uh, you know, probably still be talking a little bit of BYU as well. So, anyway, have a lot of fun here. I appreciate you guys, uh, you know, tuning in and uh, listening to to the Accidental Experience. Again, uh, we appreciate Zotes.com, Gourmet Sunflower Seeds. Um, They're a great sponsor, and and they make all this possible. So go to Zotes.com, AG15, uh, get 15% off. Try it out. Great stuff. Uh, ship Ship it straight to your door. So, again, uh, appreciate you uh, being part of the Accidental Experience. Over the next uh, month or two, we're going to be bringing on other people as well. Uh, We're going to be talking business. We're going to be talking music. Um, We have a lot going on and a lot to share, a lot to talk about. If you have comments, you have questions for Jimmy Boy or myself about anything, uh, nocalvsocal at gmail.com. Shoot us some emails and we'll... we'll, uh, Read the ones that uh, that we see fit to read. Get them online and and uh, and talk about them. So again, have a great New Year. I uh, hope you're spending uh, all day New Year's Day just doing nothing but watching bowl games. And now bowl season starts probably in mid November and goes till February. It seems like 
Instead, it used to just be all the games were on New Year's Day or started about the 20th of December. It's like Christmas. They have Christmas, uh, all your Christmas decorations, people throwing them up in September now. But bowl, bowl season lasts a long time. Hope you enjoy it. Have a great New Year, and I'll catch you on the flip side.